It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, sports fans, how's everybody out there doing? William Martin coming at you one more time here on blogtalkradio.com with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show. As always, I want to take this time out to thank all of you fine folks out there for tuning in this evening. And as always, the guest call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626 626- Two three one zero three zero nine, and on this wonderful evening of April twenty third, two thousand eighteen, I can gladly once again tell the world that Miss Runner's baby boy is back on the air. Now, the NFL draft is set to take place this week at AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And with that, we expect plenty of pop and circumstance from the National Football League as they are going to go out of their way to showcase one of their marquee events. And with that said, it's always that illusion. It's always that big question, rather. Who is going to be the the first player uh, selected in this draft? Who will go down Andy Annals as having more pressure than anybody else going into this draft because, or, or to the season rather, because we all know that whomever the number one pick is for a respective draft, that guy is always looked at and the pressure is always on him. And it's always about every other player that comes after him in the draft. And all of those guys who are undrafted that are not only looking to make teams, but they're also looking to outperform that guy. Now, you look at the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns are in a very good position right here. And with that said, will the Browns have enough wherewithal to take advantage of it? The Browns come into this draft with the first overall pick. They also have the fourth overall pick. And then you look at the second round where they're picking first. And Subsequently, for every round throughout the draft, with the exception of Cleveland trading uh, their third-round pick to the Buffalo Bills, you're going to have a situation where you're going to see the Browns on the clock first. So with three picks in the first 33 selections, it's prudent for the Browns to go out there and do something. Of course, the Browns are coming off of an 0-16 season. Uh, You know, they joined the Detroit Lions from 2008 as the only teams in NFL history to go winless for an entire 16-game schedule. Now, New New Browns general manager John Dorsey is in the business, so he says, in regards to giving head coach Hugh Jackson some talent to work with. All signs point to the Browns taking a quarterback. Why? Because they traded last year's starting quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, to the Green Bay Packers. Now, it's just a matter of who is it going to be. Is it going to be Josh Rosen or is it going to be Sam Darnold? Now, you look at it, Sam Darnold is already, pardon me, Josh Rosen rather, has already said that he doesn't want to play for the Browns. Uh, Sam Darnold is a guy that I think can be a quality NFL quarterback in the right system. I think Josh Rosen has a lot of upside to him. He's still a little bit raw, but with the right coaching, he could definitely be coached up to be a quality NFL starter. I think the ceiling, for my money, is a little higher on Rosen than it is for Darnold just due to – I think Rosen has a little bit more athleticism than Darnold, and on top of that, I think there's more life on his throws than there are 
for Darnold. Now, I look at this selection here, and it's a toss-up for me right now. I think it's going to be a toss-up even up until uh, the selection. You can go either way if you're the Browns with Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. Uh, Right now for the Cleveland Browns, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Sam Darnold just due to the fact that he's more familiarized with the pro-style set. However, whomever the Browns select here, uh, it's a situation where that guy is not going to start right away because they have Tyrod Taylor. And I think the Browns, for the first time in a long time, are headed in the right direction because we saw Deshaun Kaiser, a second-round pick last year, was thrown right into the fire, and it might have ruined him. We saw it before with Kevin Hogan and Cody Kessler, as starting quarterbacks for the Browns. And, you know, these youngsters did not have a lot of talent around them to get the football to. And they just took a beating, and they got demoralized. And if you're the Browns and you have the first overall pick, the last thing you want to do is ruin another uh, young quarterback. Now, of course, there's some optimism that the Browns could take Penn State running back Saquon Barkley uh, first overall. Here's why I don't think it'll happen. Yes, Cleveland has a fourth overall pick, which they obtained from the Houston Texans, but it's a situation if you're the Browns, you're more likely to get Saquon Barkley at four, even though it could be a long shot, but it's not as much of a long shot for you if you were to miss out on both Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen because a lot is going to come down to what the New York Giants do with the second overall pick. We know that the Jets are going to take a quarterback at three. Now, it all comes down to would the Cleveland Browns be willing to roll the dice? I don't think it's a prudent idea, especially since, you know, you could get a running back in the second or third round. So I think that the Cleveland Browns are going to stick with that quarterback mantra first overall. Now, speaking of those New York football Giants, of course, they have the second overall pick. And this is a team right here. I know the Browns could be the first ones to really hold up the draft as far as nobody knows what they're going to do. I think the Giants are in that category as well. New Giants general manager Dave Gettleman, you know, he holds his his cards close to the chest. So, you know, he's not going to let you know what he's thinking or feeling. And the reports are out there that only a select few, and those are the people within Gettleman's inner inner circle, really know what he's going to do with this pick. Now, a lot of people are saying Saquon Barkley for the Giants, and I think that pick does make a lot of sense. But, you know, you can't rule out the Giants going after guard Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame. You also can't rule them out as far as going after Bradley Chubb, the defensive end, from North Carolina State, second overall. Of course, the Giants traded defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul this offseason to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's a situation where the Giants are switching from the 4-3 to the 3-4 defense. You just have to ask yourself, can Chubb be that edge rusher? I'm looking at it like this. There's a new attitude for this Giants team on offense. They just released Brandon Marshall. You just signed offensive tackle Nate Solder. They still believe in veteran quarterback Eli Manning. And there are a lot of people within the Giants organization that believe in his backup, Davis Webb, as far as being the future. Now, you look at the Giants. They were 3-13 and last year. Things got away from them very quickly. And it showed as the season went along, this was not a very good football team. Now, with that said, we've seen in recent years – where, you know, teams, even though they're bad, they can just have a good draft and they can put things together and get back on track. And if you're the Giants, look no further than within your division at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, a few years ago, were 4-12. and 12. They came into the draft uh, picking in the top five, and there was some sentiment, would they go Ezekiel Elliott or would they go Joey Bosa? And then, of course, the Chargers took that out of their hands when they selected Joey Bosa. So it kind of made it, you know, a no-brainer for Dallas to take Ezekiel Elliott. And, of course, Zeke came in there as a rookie. He, you know, set the league on fire 
And, you know, he led the Cowboys to the best record in the NFC. And, of course, he has established himself as an every-down back. Saquon Barkley has that capability for the Giants as well. Now, if you're the Giants and you want to pass on Barkley, I would just say it's due to the fact that you do have some depth in the running back position in this draft. You look at the likes of Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, who could both be available for the Giants with the second overall pick in the second round if they choose to go that route. However, Saquon Barkley is special. And we saw it the past few years at Penn State. He just has that it factor. And if you're the Giants, obviously they're going to sell tickets. But if it's one of those things and it's all about putting playmakers on the field, you want you want this guy on your team along with Eli Manning and Odell Beckham. You look at it, you have a young, promising tight end if you're the Giants and Evan Ingram. You have two solid wide receivers, of course, and Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. You still have a veteran quarterback, Eli Manning, I think, that gets a lot of bad pub unnecessarily because the Giants have not had a good team around Manning in, in, in the past few years. And like I'll say with anybody, you can never really judge how good a quarterback is if he does not have a quality team around him. So I look at this situation, and to sum it up, I think that the Giants are going to go with Saquon Barkley second overall. Now, the other New York area team that is picking in the top five is going to be the New York Jets. The Jets are picking third overall. They came into this draft process with the sixth overall pick, and then they decided to uh, trade up to the third spot with the Indianapolis Colts. And I give the Jets credit for trading up, but I think they should have taken it a step further and gone up to one or two just to fully ensure that you're going to get the guy that you want. But the Jets are confident that they're not, that the Browns or the Giants aren't going to take their guy. Here's my biggest problem with that. You still left the window for somebody to sneak in front of you if you're the Jets and get the, and get the player that you want. We all know that the Jets want a quarterback. You're not going to move up unless you're, unless you're looking for a quarterback. Now, the Jets, they've had several guys in that they like, but the reports are out there that the Jets have really focused on Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield. And for my money, I think the Jets drafting Baker Mayfield is going to be a recipe for disaster. And the reason is this. You look at a Jets franchise, it's been more than 40 years, and they are still searching for the next Joe Namath. I've said it before, and and I'll say it again. Joe Namath is not walking through that door. And we know with the New York media, as soon as the Jets get themselves a quarterback, they're going to try to hype this kid up and say he's the best thing since sliced bread before he even attempts one single pass in the National Football League. You look at a player like Mayfield. Mayfield has moxie. I will give him I will grant him that. But the thing with Mayfield, sometimes his moxie goes a little bit too far. Of course he had that off the field incident uh last year when he was chased down and tackled by police officers. And for me, you know, can he mature enough in the Big Apple to get it done? Because there's no other market like the New York City market in the National Football League. And will he be able to sustain himself under that spotlight? Baker Mayfield is one of those guys, he tends to rise to the occasion. But there's something about New York City that can really make or break a guy. I would not take Baker Mayfield third overall if I'm the Jets. I think it's a reach right there. I think Baker Mayfield is a mid-first-round pick at best, but with what we've seen in the NFL draft, it only takes one person to reach on a player, and then the dominoes begin to fall. And I think this is where the reaching begins. You look at Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Jets, and Mike McCagney, the team's general manager. They are heading into their fourth season with the club. 
and they have yet to find themselves a franchise quarterback. And I think they're going to screw this up immensely because you figure if, if, if you're taking over as a regime, you should have tried to find a guy in year one. Not necessarily that you have to put him on the field and play right away, but you could have taken some time to develop him. The Jets are going backwards, and because of that, regardless if it's Baker Mayfield or somebody else, I don't see this working out. Then you look at the Browns at number four again. I think they get their quarterback at number one, whether it be Rosen or Donald, or Donald, excuse me. You look at some other uh, slots that they have available on the team. They have a needed running back. I know that they signed uh, Carlos Hyde this offseason, a former 49ers running back, but they still need some explosiveness. Now, they could luck out if the Giants decide to go Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb because, therefore, Saquon Barkley would be there. However, if Barkley's not there, I don't see the, the Browns taking a running back uh, that high. You look at defensive tackle. The Browns do have a need there. They just traded Danny Shelton to the New England Patriots. Uh, you look at Maurice Hurst coming out of the University of Michigan. Would that be a reach for him at pick number four? We'll have to wait and see. Cleveland also has a need in their secondary, first a cornerback. And you could look at Josh Jackson coming out of Iowa. The guy I like right here for the Browns is Minka Fitzpatrick the free safety out of Alabama, a very versatile player, and he was also well-coached, of course, under Nick Saban down there at Tuscaloosa. So it's a situation, if you're the Browns, it's not just about finding guys that can play. It's also about finding guys that are going to help you change the culture in your locker room because the Browns have been a bad team, and let's not sugarcoat this, the Browns have been a bad organization for a very long time. And it's a situation where you have a bad organization for a long period of time. Losing is accepted there. And that is something we have seen from the Cleveland Browns right now. Losing has been accepted. They have been pushed around and pushed around and pushed around within that AFC North. They're continuously putting together 13, 14, 15, and of course last year, 16 lost seasons. So you need guys in your locker room that hate to lose more than they enjoy winning. You look at a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. He comes off of winning a national championship at Alabama. You know that the Crimson Tide are going to play for the national championship or be in contention at least just about every single year. Matter of fact, two of the last three years, I've seen Alabama win the national championship. And then, of course, in the year that was sandwiched between those, they were still playing in the national championship game. Therefore, I think it makes a lot of sense for uh, the Cleveland Browns, to take Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. Now, you move right down the list. You look at the uh, Denver Broncos here, and the Broncos are in a very interesting uh, situation. They went out there, and, you know, they picked themselves up a quarterback this offseason. You know, Case Keenum was not going in the long-term plans of the Minnesota Vikings, but John Elway the Broncos executive VP of football operations was like, no problem. We'll give you a home here in the Rockies. Now, is Keenum the long-term guy for the Broncos? No. And I also look at it like this with John Elway. Hall of Fame quarterback. He knows how to put a championship team together from the front office. He just showed that to you a few years ago when the Broncos won it all. But it's a situation for John Elway he still has not been able to find and develop that franchise quarterback. I mean, the, the Broncos won a Super Bowl with an aging Peyton Manning, of course. You know, that was it for him after that game. Uh, anyway, a few years ago, we did see the Broncos draft quarterback Brock Osweiler, and, you know, it, it never worked out. And if you're John Elway, could you find yourself a stud right here to, uh, you know, go into the future? I think the answer is yes. It didn't work out for uh, for Osweiler. The book is still out on Paxton Lynch. He finally got an opportunity last year, and he got hurt. Now, John Elway has asked himself, is he going to give Lynch one more shot, or is he going to go out there and find himself another quarterback? And this is interesting because when it comes to Rosen or Darnold, you know that the Browns are going to take one of those guys. So, Elway at five, 
could luck out because if the Jets take Baker Mayfield, that really makes things a little bit easier for the Broncos. Why? Because then you have Josh Rosen right there because the Browns obviously are not going to take themselves another quarterback with the fourth overall pick. And as long as the Giants don't trade out of the two slot to a team like Arizona or Buffalo who could move up to get themselves a quarterback, then if you're Elway, you're sitting pretty right there with either Rosen or Darnold. And I think it's something this time around, the third time could be the charm, and it could work for John Elway because both of these guys are West Coast guys from the state of California, just like Elway was. Uh, you know, they're both Pac-12 guys. Of course, Elway went to Stanford. Rosen was at UCLA, and Darnold was at USC. Uh, so I think having Keenum there would give Elway the opportunity to at least have his guy sit down for a year and develop. Now, with that said, the only other options I see for the Broncos there are Quentin Nelson. But if Rosen or Darnold fall into his lap right there, I think both of those guys, talent-wise, are too much for him to pass up on. Now, the Indianapolis Colts at six, of course, I talked about the trade with the New York Jets earlier. And for the Colts, obviously, they're trading back. So they're committed to Andrew Luck as their starting quarterback. But one thing that we have seen throughout the majority of Andrew Luck's tenure as a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, and granted he did not play at all last year, is the fact that Indianapolis has not, and I repeat, not put a good team around him. And at this point, I think it is all about putting playmakers around Andrew Luck and protecting him. Now, the Colts did get some extra draft picks for making that deal with the Jets, and I think it's high time that they make the most of it. You look at it, Andrew Luck is coming back from a major injury, so you have to protect him. Is it a situation that you go offensive tackle this early? Now, the reason why I say going this early, typical, typically you'll find teams taking offensive tackles in the top ten. However, I don't see an offensive tackle – and this year's draft that is worthy of being selected in the top 10. You all, if you're the Colts, you also have a need at wide receiver. Would you, you know, go with Col- uh, Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver out of SMU. Now, defensively, the Colts have a ton of needs. You look at this D line, they need it. They need a D tackle. They need some edge rushers. Would you go uh, Bradley Chubb out of NC state right here? Would you go strong safety with Derwin James? I think that the Colts will address the defensive side of the football later in the draft, especially due to the fact that they have those additional picks from the Jets. I think this is a situation right here that it's a slam dunk. They have to go out there, and they have to put playmakers around Andrew Luck. Thus, I think that they're going to go with Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver, out of Southern Methodist. Now, moving right along, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seventh overall, and Tampa – They have needs on both sides of the ball. They do need an an impact, game-changing safety on defense. But you look at their running ability last year, it was atrocious. They also have to find a way to protect their youngster at quarterback in Jameis Winston. They have a needed guard. Quentin Nelson could be in play. They have a needed offensive tackle. But I put them in the same position that I just mentioned about the Indianapolis Colts. This year, the top ten is a little bit too high to be thinking about an offensive tackle. They also have a needed corner, but like I said, it's all about protecting Jameis Winston. And I look at the running back position. I look at Darius Geis out of LSU. This guy's a playmaker. He can pass block. He's a great receiver coming out of the backfield. And for a smaller back, he's not afraid to mix it up between the tackles. If Quentin Nelson is not there – I think Darius Geis is definitely going to be the guy for the Bucks at pick number seven. Now, moving right along, you have the Chicago Bears at number eight. You look at the Bears, they have knees on their offensive line, a tackle, guard, and center. But on the defensive side of the ball, they have a needed defensive tackle, and they also have a need at strong safety. And this is where I think Derwin James comes into play because, yes, he's a strong safety that can play the run, but he can also cover some ground in the secondary as well. And if you look at this NFC North, you have Matt Stafford 
with the Detroit Lions at quarterback. Of course, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers and now Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. So it's a situation you need somebody that is going to make those quarterbacks think twice when they're going over the middle with those passes. And I think Derwin James is your guy. Hands down, in my opinion, right behind Saquon Barkley, the best athlete available in this year's draft. And I think Derwin James is good enough. And we've seen some of the impact that Florida State uh, defenders have had in recent years coming out of that secondary. Just look at Jalen Ramsey with Jacksonville. I think it's a situation where Derwin James could be an all-pro, if not a pro bowler, in year number one. That's how good that he is. Now, here's an interesting tidbit. You have the San Francisco 49ers picking at number nine. And, of course, the Niners do have several needs. You have a needed running back, wide receiver, because, you know, you gave Jimmy Garoppolo all of this money and you gave up a second-round pick for him last year. And, you know, you need somebody to, to have him throw the football, too. They also have needs on the defensive side of the ball at outside linebacker, cornerback, and both safety slots. However, you look at the off-the-field issues, and I put the emphasis on issues, plural, that Reuben Foster has had. And now there is a domestic violence incident on the table with Foster. And, of course, we've seen it in recent years. The NFL has really tightened the reins on how they feel about domestic violence. So if you're the 49ers, this could be it for Reuben Foster, and then you would have yourself a need at middle linebacker. And you look at Roquan Smith coming out of Georgia, I think the Niners are going to change their draft thinking right here, and I think they're going to go with Roquan Smith. He's a guy that really embodies what John Lynch is all about on the football field, and I think they need an attitude changer on that defense, and I think they are building it little by little, but I think Roquan Smith is definitely going to be their guy. Now, initially, I had Roquan Smith going to the Oakland Raiders because this is another team that needs a middle linebacker, and of course, the Raiders are picking right behind the Niners at 10th overall, but if you're the Raiders, is number 10 too high for Tremaine Edmonds, who is another solid middle linebacker who comes out of Virginia Tech? That's going to be the elephant in the room because the Raiders also have a need on the defensive line at the at D tackle. Would they go with Maurice Hurst? They also need an outside linebacker, and they also need help in their secondary. Now, if it's Patrick and Derwin James are going, obviously they're not going safety there, but they could go cornerback. But I think with John Gruden, he is really yet to fully address this defense since he returned to the Raiders. And I think this is a big problem for this team because Oakland got barbecued last year on the defensive side of the football. And if the Raiders are going to get back to the playoffs this year, they definitely, and I mean definitely, need some help on that side of the ball. Now you look at Miami at number 11. They have a needed running back. Could Darius Geis be their guy? But you also look at defensive tackle, cornerback, and tight end. I think it's a slam dunk for them to go defensive tackle, and here's the reason why. They just lost in Domakong Sue. Or let me rephrase that. They didn't lose him. They cut him. And he ended up signing with the Los Angeles Rams. But you need to find yourself a replacement on that D-line. Do you go with Maurice Hurst if he's available? Do you go with Tevin Bryan out of Florida or even Vita Villa? the big-time defensive tackle who could be a nose tackle uh, coming out of the University of Washington. But make no mistake about it, the Dolphins have to get tougher on their defensive line. Now, you have the Buffalo Bills here at number 12, and Buffalo is an, is an interesting spot because they had two first-round picks, the Bears and then the one that they obtained from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Buffalo traded the 21st overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they are in Cincinnati's slot right here at number 12. And there is some speculation that the Bills could move up once again to find themselves a quarterback. Now, Bills, really, if they were going to move up, they should have just moved up in the top five. But for doing that, obviously, they're not set on Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold because if they were, 
it was a it it would be a situation where they would have just you know gone up to the top five. I think Josh Allen is their guy, and I know that there were some people raving about Josh Allen last year. Did not have the stellar final season at Wyoming that people would have liked. I know people are going to say that he was hurt, but you look at it, he still was not able to tear it up in a poor Mountain West conference. The Mountain West was not really good overall last year, and Josh Allen did not light it up. Now, if the Bills feel that that's their guy, that's all well and good, but I don't see the pro upside for Josh Allen in the National Football League. The Washington Redskins are picking immediately behind the Buffalo Bills at pick number 13, and Washington has several needs, one at running back, wide receiver, defensive end, and outside linebacker. For my money, Oklahoma State wide receiver James Washington is their guy because the Redskins just acquired quarterback Alex Smith from the Kansas City Chiefs. And for the past several years, they made the mistake of not giving quarterback Kirk Cousins anybody to get the football to. So if you want to start things off on the right foot with with Alex Smith as your quarterback, if you're Washington and head coach Jay Gruden, you definitely want to go out there and give him a quality receiver to get the football to. Now you look at the Green Bay Packers, and this team is trying to get back on track. Of course, Aaron Rodgers missed a substantial amount of time last year with a shoulder injury, and now he's trying to get back. But the Packers have a lot of issues on the defensive side of the football. They need help on their D-line, and they also need help with strong safety. I don't see them moving up to get Derwin James. So I think they're going to get one of these D-tackles that are available right here, whether it be Deron Payne, Vita Villa, Tevin Bryan, or Maurice Hurst. I think Vita Villa would probably be the best logical choice for them due to the fact that they play that 3-4 defense, and he could come in and be that stud 3-4 nose tackle in the form that they had several years ago with one B.J. Raji. Now, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm kind of surprised by the cards. If there was a team that I would have expected to move up in the first round to get a quarterback, I think it would be the Cardinals. You know, they have a new head coach coming in, and typically when uh, when you get a new regime taking over a franchise, they want to go out there and find their franchise guy to build around. But I think the Cardinals, I guess at this point, they they look to be set at that uh, at 15. Still happen uh, between now and draft time. But if the Cardinals did decide to move up, uh, the only two slots that I think would make sense for them would either be pick number two with the Giants or pick number four with the Browns. I think they have a better shot at this point if they are looking to move up to make that deal with the Browns. Obviously, it would definitely cost them a first-round pick next year, uh, probably a few more picks in this year's draft. But you just have to wonder, would the Cardinals be willing to roll the dice to take the, uh, get a guy like Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen and jump ahead of the Denver Broncos right there. But if the Cardinals stay here and go after a quarterback, I think Lamar Jackson is their guy. There are people that are raving about his athleticism. I think Lamar Jackson, he's raw and, you know, he he needs some seasoning. But it's a situation in the right system and the right coaching. And I think if people are not impatient with him, he could be a serviceable NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a guy who's ready at week number one. I think whomever drafts him will put him on the field at some point during the season. But I'm looking at a guy like Lamar Jackson. I don't think he should see any time at quarterback until December. So if you're the Cardinals and you do decide to take him, make sure that you get yourself a veteran quarterback who could, you know, bite the bullet for this guy until he gets his feet wet. Now you look at the Baltimore Ravens at number 16. I, I Coming in, I felt that the Ravens did have a need at the wide receiver position. They just signed Willie Sneed, the former New Orleans Saints wide receiver, so that changes that. Yes, now the Baltimore Ravens did select offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley a few years ago, but they still have a need at the other tackle position. They also have a need at center and defensive end and defensive tackle as well. 
And I, I really think picks 10 through 20 are where you're going to see, you know, the top D tackles in this draft come off the board. You know, I've mentioned Maurice Hurst, Kevin Bryant, Vita Vita, Deron Payne, and a guy like Harrison Phillips could be in play as well. So I think the Baltimore Ravens are definitely going to work on their defensive line early on. But you look at the Los Angeles Chargers, 17th overall, and the Chargers have some needs on the offensive uh, line as well. I mean, they're still rolling with uh, quarter with veteran quarterback Philip Rivers, but you got to try to protect him. And I think here is where you're going to begin to see the run on offensive tackles. You look at Orlando Brown coming out of o- Oklahoma, Colton Miller coming out of UCLA, Connor Williams coming out of Texas. I think this is where you're going to see that run begin. Is one of those guys is going to end up in Carson with the Chargers. Now the Seattle Seahawks at pick number 18 are in a very interesting slot because the Seahawks have a lot of needs going into this draft. They have a needed running back, tight end, offensive tackle, guard, defensive end, defensive tackle, and cornerback. And I think it comes down to the Seahawks, the scouting department, working with head coach Pete Carroll to see who is the best player available for them at this point. Jair Alexander, the cornerback out of Louisville, could be play, be in play. If I, I doubt that Darius Geis is going to be available at this point, and I don't see the Seahawks using a first-round pick on a cor, or running back. Rather, anyway, uh, you look at Colton Miller and Connor Williams at offensive tackle, or even Orlando Brown at offensive tackle as well. Um, another player to look at, and I think this could be the beginning of the run for defensive ends in this draft as well. You look at Marcus Davenport uh, coming out of the University of Texas San Antonio. He could be an option for the Seahawks here as well. So I think it's just going to be a matter of Seattle finding which player fits into their system the most and what is the biggest need for them heading into this draft. At 19, you're going to have the host team, the Dallas Cowboys, and, of course, the fans there are going to go crazy uh, over the selection, the Cowboys definitely have a needed wide receiver. They lost Bryce Butler to the Arizona Cardinals, and they recently released longtime wide receiver Des Bryant. Now, the Cowboys need to find an heir apparent to Jason Witten, as he is not getting any younger out there. Dallas also has a needed guard. And then I also look on the defensive side of the ball. The Cowboys need themselves a D-tackle an outside linebacker, and it seems like Dallas is always drafting a cornerback, but they can't get their secondary right. I think Dallas goes on the D-line here, D-tackle. I think it's going to be either De'Ron Payne or Harrison Phillips or even Taven Bryant. I don't think Vita Villa is going to be there for them. I, I, I don't see him getting past pick number 14 with the Green Bay Packers. So if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you've got to find yourself a, D, a guy on the D-line because it's all about trying to keep up or honestly catch the defending Super Bowl champions in the Philadelphia Eagles. And to get them, you've got to find a way to put pressure on their quarterback, whether that is Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. Now let's not forget, the Cowboys did beat the Eagles last year in the regular season finale, and the Cowboys want to try to get some of that momentum carrying over into the new campaign. Finally, the last slot for the nine playoff teams goes to the Detroit Lions at pick number 20. Now, the Lions have given quarterback Matthew Stafford a ton of money in recent years. They do have themselves a new head coach in Matt Patricia, who is a defensive-minded coach. Would he go defensive in here? Because, yes, Detroit was able to resign defensive end Ziggy Ansah, but he's not enough on that D-line. The Lions need themselves a book in defensive end, and Marcus Davenport could be the guy for them right there. But I talked about Matt Stafford and all of the money that the Lions have given him. It's time to protect him, and the Lions' offensive line in recent years has been terrible. And this is where those old tackles come into play. A guy like Colton Miller, Connor Williams, or even Mike McGlinchey could be in play for the Lions at 20th overall. Now the Cincinnati Bengals move back with the Buffalo Bills. They have a needed guard, and they also have a needed center. And the Bengals could just be in the mix to simply say, you know what, we are going to take the best athlete available. You look on that offensive line, Isaiah Wynn, the guard out of Georgia, could be in play for them, as could be center Frank 
lag now. I think that's what they're going to do, stay on that side of the ball unless a defender really jumps off the screen and really, you know, jumps out of them as far as being a playmaker. But I think the Bengals are going to keep it O-line. Now, I talked about the Bills uh, selecting 12th overall and going quarterback, and it only makes sense if you're Buffalo if you're going to find yourself a franchise quarterback, you got to find somebody who's going to protect them. And it's like I said before, that all, that run on the offensive lineman is going to, or offensive tackles is going to be right here. I think Connor Williams, McGlinchey, and then Chukwuma Okorafor out of Western Michigan uh, could be in in the mix for the Bills right here at tw- uh, number 22. Now, the team that everybody loves to hate, the New England Patriots, there have been rumors that the Pats are going to actually trade up to move into the top five of the draft. Under Bill Belichick, the Patriots never do that. They always trade away picks and stockpile them. They just, you know, made that trade with the Los Angeles Rams for this slot as they traded wide receiver Brandon Cooks to L.A. Now, the Patriots do have a needed quarterback. Bill Belichick has, you know, talked about Lamar Jackson, but I don't see him moving up that far to take him. The Patriots also haven't needed offensive tackles since they just lost offensive tackle Nate Solder to the New York Giants. They also haven't needed guard and center and outside linebacker. I think the Patriots get in on that mix as far as getting themselves an offensive tackle, and I think it's either going to be McGlinchey or Okorofor here for the Pats. Now you have the Carolina Panthers at pick number 24, and the Panthers have a needed wide receiver tight end because Greg Olson is getting older offensive tackle, guard, defensive end, and outside linebacker. I think for Carolina, I think they're going to go wide receiver right here. I look at Marcel Aitman out of Oklahoma State, but I think the guy, the two guys that you really have to focus on for Carolina right here, Calvin Ridley out of Alabama and Anthony Miller out of Memphis. Especially a guy like Anthony Miller, he's a slot receiver, we know that Cam Newton likes to move around in that pocket, and you need somebody who can run routes, but not only run routes, break them off and be right at the sticks for Cam. Now you have the Tennessee Titans at pick number 25. The Titans have needs on both sides of the ball, on the offensive side at guard, but on the defensive side at defensive end and outside linebacker. New head coach taking over in Mike Vrabel, and he is a defensive-minded coach, and typically defensive-minded coach coaches want to stay with that theme as far as focusing on the defensive side of the football. I look at Harold Landry, an edge rusher out of Boston College, who could be in play right here for the Titans because there's one thing that we have seen from this Titans team in recent years. They had a lot of fire and passion on the defensive side of the ball under former defensive coordinator uh, Dick LeBeau, but it's a situation where they don't have that edge rusher that puts fear into an opponent. And until the Titans get that type of player, they still won't be able to take that next step in the postseason. Now, the Atlanta Falcons at pick number 26, they have needs at wide receiver, tight end, guard, defensive tackle, and outside linebacker. Now, it's all about protecting quarterback Matt Ryan. And you want to do that, you want to beef up the O-line in front of them, him rather, and I think Will Hernandez, the guard out of UTEP, could be in play for them here. At pick number 27, you have the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints have a need at both guard and outside linebacker. And if Will Hernandez were to slip there, they possibly could take him. Initially, I had the Saints taking quarterback Baker Mayfield if he fell this far, but I think the Jets are not going to give them the opportunity. I mean, Drew Brees is not getting any younger, and if you are the the Saints, you definitely want to go out there and find the heir apparent. However, I don't see them getting the opportunity here. Now, at pick number 28, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, initially, I had them taking Tremaine Edmonds, the the inside linebacker from Virginia Tech. However, if the 49ers do take Roquan Smith, I think that's going to change things because that might force the Raiders to take Tremaine Edmonds, and that would take both of the inside linebackers that have the potential of being drafted in the first round off of the board. And I know that Ryan Shazier is going to try to rehab and come back But if you're the Steelers, you can't put all of your eggs in that basket because 
that was a potential career-ending injury that we saw from that young man last year that he suffered versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Steelers definitely had a glaring need at inside linebacker. They just re-signed or picked up the uh, option, rather, for outside linebacker Bud Dupree. They could be in a situation where they could sit back and look at the best athlete available. If not, Pittsburgh could also sit back and trade this pick if somebody is desperate enough to move back into the first round. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are fresh off of making the AFC Championship game. They have the 29th overall pick. In Jacksonville right now, they're, they have some big needs because they have a needed right tackle. They also have a need at wide receiver. They lost both Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson in free agency, and they also have a needed middle linebacker after Paul plus Lesney decided to retire. Uh, would they go with Sean Evans, the inside linebacker out of Alabama here, or would they go with the wide receiver uh, aspect? Calvin Ridley could be in play. Marcel Aitman uh, could be in play for this team, as could be Michael Gallup out of Colorado State. So make no mistake about it, Jacksonville has to find a way to get playmakers back on at wide receiver and kind of limit what quarterback Blake Bortles can do. Then you have the Minnesota Vikings at number 30. The Vikings just gave Kirk Cousins a ton of money, and they got to shore up the offensive line in front of them. I look at McGlin- Mike McGlinchey coming out of Texas, or pardon me, Notre Dame, rather, at offensive tackle, as well as Chukawuma Okorofor out of Western Michigan. They also have a needed guard, and they also have a needed center, where Arkansas center Frank Ragnow could fill that void. I talked about the New England Patriots earlier. I think they'll be active here, and I think the guy to keep an eye on would be Boise State outside linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. He's a very versatile defender, and we've seen in the past where Bill Belichick loves those guys, and I think he definitely could be in play for New England here at 31. And finally, you have the defending champs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And typically you would say, well, the team that won it all, what do they really need? The Eagles do have some needs on the defensive side of the football at middle linebacker, cornerback, and also free safety. I think two guys to keep an eye on here for Philadelphia would be cornerbacks Denzel Ward or Isaiah Oliver as the Philadelphia Eagles look to stay ahead of the grain with all of the other teams that will be chasing them heading into the new season. Now, I talked about the Cleveland Browns being in a good slot. They had the first pick of round number two. I do see the Browns, you know, taking care of some needs, but you look at them heading into round number two, could they go offensive tackle with a guy like Okorofor or Tyrell Crosby, or could they go on their defensive line and go after Tim Settle out of Virginia Tech, or could they go cornerback with the likes of Denzel Ward or Isaiah Oliver? Now, for the New York Giants sitting right there with the second pick of the second round, uh, it's a situation, I think they get their running back in the first round with Saquon Barkley. Quentin Nelson obviously would not be there for them, but they still have a need at edge rusher. They also have a need at outside linebacker and uh, free safety. If Vander Esch is available, would they take him? You look for a guy like Malik Jefferson, an outside linebacker uh, coming out of the University of Texas. Both of these guys uh, could be in play for the Giants in round number two, as could be defensive end Harold Landry from Boston College if he's available. Then uh, you look at the uh, Browns, who have the third overall pick of the second round. They get that from the Houston Texans. So this is a situation, I said uh, three out of the first 33 picks, is actually four out of the first 35. So Cleveland really has an opportunity to make something happen. You look at the Colts in round number two, they get the Jets' second-round pick. So they're actually picking back-to-back in round two uh, with picks number 36 and 37. And if you're in Indianapolis, you have a need at D-tackle. Could Tim Settle be that guy? You have a need at both outside linebacker and cornerback and defensive end. So the Colts really could be active in round number two. So there's a, a lot to really look forward to, not only in the first round, of course, the first round guys or the guys that sell the tickets, but from rounds two and on, that's where you really uh, build your team. And that's where the real strategists come out 
in the draft. So, of course, there's still going to be some wheeling and dealing uh, come Thursday night. I think some teams are going to get desperate and move up. It's just a matter of who is going to be willing to give up a first-round pick for the 2019 draft to make it happen. Somebody will. At least one team is going to make that trade, and at least one team is going to make a very, very shocking move. As always, there's plenty to look forward to in the NFL draft, and I think the 2018 version will be no different than the others in the years past. So, folks, that is going to wrap it up. And as always, I want to take this time out to thank you for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show here on blogtalkradio.com. I'll be back on the air very soon with another edition, so stay posted. Uh, My last and final mock draft for uh, these proceedings will be up in the next few days on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com, so you can check it out, and always feel free to leave a comment. Now, if you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at 300 Pounds of Sports, and like I always say, if you follow me, it'll be my pleasure to follow you right back. There's also the sports discussion group on Facebook at the Sports Depot 365. You can check it out. Drop a line and be a part of one of the better sports debating sites going on social media. As previously mentioned, you can check me out on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com, where I fancy myself as being the total sports package for the total fan. As always, much love to 150 pounds of sports knowledge. She knows who she is, and without her, none of this good stuff that you are hearing is possible. And as always, much love to my wonderful daughter, Penelope. It's a pleasure to see you grow on a daily basis, and I know that you are going to do some great things in this wonderful world of ours. So once again, fine folks, my name is William Martin. Take care. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy the NFL draft. And thanks once again for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show here on (laughs) blogtalkradio.com. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BDW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus